It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And just after 5 o'clock, it is time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. Our pleasure to welcome in Cordell Woodland. Covers the Ravens for 105.7 game hosts our odyssey sister podcast up there covering the ravens as well cordell welcome back to the show bro how are you appreciate you having me absolutely always great to have you uh on the show and i know you're a big commanders fan so you've you've got like a double eye on this coaching search so um let's let's give the people what they want let's start there let's start with the coaching search uh and the two candidates that you have in house in baltimore uh and then we'll get to the afc championship game but Mike McDonald, Anthony Weaver. Like, how would you describe both men? Because I think they have an interesting split of responsibilities uh, in terms of what they do with the Ravens. Weaver is the D-line coach, but also assistant head coach. Uh, so he's got that really elevated title, but McDonald's the coordinator. So how have you kind of tracked both men and their time in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, uh, first with Anthony Weaver, you know, I think he's a guy that has a lot of respect, not only in the organization, but around the league. You know, he knows how things work. Like you said, he's the assistant head coach of the team but you know he's done a tremendous job with that defensive line he know you know he's been a part of defenses around the league so you know he's a guy that I, I'm not surprised is very interested in becoming a head coach I think that's something that he's wanted to do for a while um and you know being a part of this Ravens organization and the things that they're doing especially this year it's kind of easy for his name to to start getting out there and really it's the same for Mike McDonald he's a little bit of a different case because he's younger you know he doesn't have as much of the longevity in the league that Anthony Weaver does but man i mean Mike McDonald's definitely one of the more young the one of the more brightest uh young coaches in the NFL right now i think he's the best defensive coordinator in football right now with you know the the scheme that he has and how he's been able to pretty much get the most out of every player that has stepped on the field on the defensive side of the ball I think he'd be a tremendous head coach I think his preparation is kind of second to none that's really what stands out to me about Mike McDonald when he's prepared and he usually is he's able to go out there and, and put together um, a, a pretty good performance. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if, you know, how it all shakes out just like everybody else is. Um, but I, I don't think any team, any team could really go wrong with uh, either of these guys. Yeah, when it comes to McDonald, like, I, you know, I, I've obviously done a lot of research on, on Ben Johnson, a lot of these other guys, and McDonald, too. Um, he's been a little bit more of a mystery, which is why I was looking forward to have you on. But I started asking around with Johnson earlier in the year, like, clearly, schematically, we can see the results. But does he have it? Is he the dynamic leader? And it's like, yeah, no, he's the real deal. For McDonald, like, what's the story on him? We see the results on the field. Like, we see the resume in that way. How do you think the interview goes? What What is he like as a guy? I would imagine he's pretty good as an interviewer. You know, he's, uh, like I said, he's very well prepared, which is a, a big step in any interview uh, that you go into. But, you know, he has a way of he's not a guy that's going to talk in circles and beat around the bush. He, he's, he's going to get straight to it. And I think, it, you know, when you look at the defense on the field, I, I think their, you know, their ability to be the best defense in football this year is kind of a byproduct of how easy it is for people to kind of 
understand what Mike McDonald is saying. It's, right. it, you know, it's, it, it's one, it's like the slogan of, you know, you could say all, you could drop all these gems to people, but it means nothing if they're not picking it up. So it, it, the, the players on defense always talk about their rules. They have rules within the scheme that they have to follow. If an offensive player does this, the rules tell them since you're in this spot, you're to do that. And, he we brought that up to him when we spoke to him uh on Thursday and he you know he was like you know it brought a smile to his face he was like that's good that means that you know they know where they're supposed to be they're picking right, up on right. what I'm saying and it's not like he's just talking to a wall so I, I think that's what you're looking for out of a head coach especially if we're talking about the commanders you know that that's a team that that needs somebody that they can not only follow behind as their leader but somebody that when they speak, it resonates to them. They they understand what he wants. And when you understand what somebody wants, you're able to then go out there and, and you know, give them what they're looking for. So I, I think Mike McDonald would be a great head coach. I, I definitely believe he's a leader of men. It's, it's a nice mixture of veterans and young guys on this defense. And you won't find anybody that'll say a bad word about him. Cordell Woodland is with us, covers the Ravens for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. So my, my one big question I would have for McDonald in the interview is what's your staff look like? Because he's been in the Ravens organization his entire career. He doesn't have the diversity that some of the other candidates have. Something that was so appealing about a guy like Raheem Morris, obviously now going to Atlanta, is like, that dude's staff's going to be sick yeah. because he knows everyone. McDonald's been in this one Harbaugh you know, bubble, whether it's uh, John or Jim, the one year he spent in Michigan. How would, how do you think that he would piece together a staff as a head coach, and especially uh, for a team, if it's Washington, that's going to have a young quarterback uh, probably with that number two pick and that OC hire becomes incredibly important? Yeah, that that's a good question, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's tough to answer considering, you know, he's in, in coach years, he's like a baby in the NFL. Right. You know, right. he, he doesn't have a lot of longevity, so he hasn't had – the opportunities to kind of build that coaching pipeline. Um, and so, you know, it, it would, if it was a situation where, you know, for instance, if Joey Ortiz had gotten the GM job with the commanders or something like that, and then Mike McDonald comes in. Okay. Now, now you could start to have a little bit of a better idea of what the coordinators would look like because Ortiz coming, you, you have a little bit more of that, that Ravens lineage, but look, I don't expect if, if McDonald gets a job, I don't expect Todd Monken to follow him. Uh, Denard Wilson, the DB coach, he's, I'm sure a lot of teams are probably going to be interested in him as a defensive coordinator. Um, so as much as I would love to say that, uh, that Mike McDonald would like to bring him with them, realistically, if Mike McDonald leaves, I think Denard Wilson will probably be the next in line for the Ravens defensive coordinator job. So it, it, the, it becomes slim pickings after a while. So I would imagine maybe he'll try to touch base with some of his guys from back at Michigan, you know, when he was out there a couple of years ago. Um, maybe he'll touch, you know, talk to John Harbaugh and some of those guys and see what coaches they have interest in because he's such a young coach in itself. But then when you mirror that with, you know, him not being an NFL coordinator, but for so long, it's kind of tough to imagine who he'd want to bring with him. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm back a year ago when we were having arguments on this radio show with fans uh, and listeners about uh, about Greg Roman. Like, are we in that boat again? Does you know all of a sudden does EB staying become more appealing to to McDonald? Like, there's so many questions I have there. Yeah. You know, it's a question he's going to get asked 
I don't expect anyone to really know the answer except for him. I just know that if he doesn't have a good answer, he's got no shot. Uh, and right. that he will know going into next year when he will certainly be a hot candidate again. All right. Uh, Cordell Woodland is with us talking Ravens uh, adjacent things in terms of the coaches that are candidates here in Washington. But let's get to the game itself. And it sounds like the Ravens had a great week uh, because they got a ton of their stars back. All of a sudden, are we looking at a full strength Ravens team pretty much to, ready to host the Chiefs from an injury standpoint? Mark Andrews and others returning for Baltimore. It looks like it. I mean, they had a full, they had all 53 guys on the field today, um, which is about as much as you could ask for going into the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about where the Ravens have been over the last couple of years and the injuries that they've dealt with over the past two seasons that quite honestly completely derailed their season. When Lamar Jackson went down each of the last two years, the Ravens were at the top of the AFC North at the time. So, um, to see them healthy right now, you're, you're you're getting to see how good this team truly can be. So, yeah, this week was really good for them. Like you mentioned, they activated Mark Andrews off of IR. We spoke to him today. He He's all the way ready to go for Sunday. And another good one is Marlon Humphrey, um, who's been, you know, he got, he got injured, I want to say, in that Dolphins game towards the back end of the season. And over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't done much practice-wise, but he did return to practice this week. Today, he logged his first full participation in practice in, in almost a month. So that's a huge step for him. So it looks like they'll have all hands on deck come Sunday. And obviously, you know, they're going up against Mahomes and those guys who are very well used to playing this time of year. So they'll need everybody to, to win that game. Uh, Cordell, how surprised are you that we're here with Baltimore hosting this game? And I'm, I'm not going to put you like, yeah, so a month ago, duh, they've been awesome all year. But like, I guess almost when in this season did you go like, wow, this team is for real? Or did you have this feeling that they could be this good back in, in the summer? I mean, to be honest with you, you you always have the idea that Baltimore can be in it as long as number eight is on the field. I mean, Lamar is just such a difference maker for them. As long as he's available, you know, obviously within reason <laughs> compared to who else is left out, whoever, whoever else may be missing. But he gives them a chance every time he's out there. So I knew they'd be a good team. Um, but in terms of when I've started to feel like they'd be here, I'd say, I mean, the, what they did to the Lions and the Seahawks was definitely, you know, impressive. Um, but you you still had a little bit of a reservation because it's like, all right, it's Detroit. You know, how much are we really buying Detroit at that time? As good as they looked, it was still reasons to kind of, fight that optimism and and look Seattle didn't even end up making the postseason uh when it was all said and done so for me I'd probably have to say Christmas night when they went out to San Francisco and completely beat the brakes off the Niners and then follow that up by dominating the Dolphins right after that I mean it, it really started to feel like okay nobody can really hang with this team when they're on their A game and I think you got to see it a little bit last week as well they go into halftime tied at 10 with Houston but then that second half they outscore the Texans 24 to nothing and completely leave them behind what is Todd Munkin brought uh that has gotten Lamar back I mean look he won an MVP under Roman but he's this this MVP Lamar is better than that one what has Munkin been able to unlock for him and that offense it's it's funny you say that because I've kind of been struggling with you know the whole comparison of this year's Lamar versus 2019 Lamar. And 
I mean, I, I agree. I think in some aspects he is better. I, I, I try, I've come around to saying I think he's more mature right mm -hmm. now. His game has matured. His game has become a little is, – is more fine-tuned right now. And so I think in 2019, Lamar had more of that wow factor. He gave us more wow plays, mainly with his legs that year. And this year he's just found a different way to do it. And I think Todd Munkin has empowered Lamar first and foremost – um, Lamar wants to be a great quarterback, and I think he kind of capped out with Greg Roman. Um, I think, you know, Greg Roman was a guy that was cut and dry. He calls a play. He wants you to go out there and run it, whereas now with Todd Munkin, Lamar has all the control in this offense. He has the ability to audible at the line, adjust protections, a hot route, whatever he wants to do, he can do it in this offense. So, I think Todd Munkin has not only empowered Lamar, but he's also challenged him. And that's what great players like. Great players want to be coached hard. They want to feel challenged. And I think Todd Munkin has walked in like, hey, Lamar, you, you say you want to be this great quarterback. You say you want to win a Super Bowl. You, you say you, you, know, you want to be thought of as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Well, I'm going to give you all the, you know, all the power in this offense to now go out there and do that. And I think you're seeing a guy in Lamar who – uh, appreciates his coach empowering him um, and pre appreciates the confidence that his coach has in him and health is works wonders when you're out there. Um, but, you know, I think for Lamar, this offense allowed him to go to the next level as a professional quarterback. Uh, Cordell Woodland covers the Ravens for one Oh five, seven. The fan is with us. Um, we heard all the rumblings and this is the kind of stuff that happens around contract time, especially the negatives come out because teams are trying to posture and blah, 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 blah. But there was like real consternation with how Lamar finished last season, not playing reports of teammates, not exactly psyched about it. It seems like everyone is so behind him and that it, he is a real leader. You know, uh, I think John Harbaugh pushed back a little bit on just how fiery the speech was at halftime last week. Yeah. But he clearly stepped up and said something that mattered to a lot of people. So what has that growth been like for Lamar this year as a leader now that he's got the contract and is the undisputed face of the organization, not just currently, but moving forward? Yeah, I think for him, it was just a huge weight off his shoulders. I mean, that contract, as crazy as this offseason was, is it's been a buildup to this past offseason. You know, the last couple of years, it's it's been that same conversation, but obviously it really hit its peak this past offseason when the team put the franchise tag on them and Lamar is asking for a trade. And, you know, like you said, there's just so many different uh, rumors swirling out there that you, you almost don't know what to believe. And I got to admit to a point, I felt like the relationship was fractured to where I didn't know if we'd see Lamar back in Baltimore with the Deshaun Watson contract kind of having an impact on contract discussions and, you know, the rumors of what Lamar's looking for. And like you said, how the back end of the season ended with him getting hurt and people making a big to do of him not traveling with the team and stuff. It, you didn't know what to expect, but um, I think for him, like I said, I, I think the contract getting done was a huge weight off his shoulders and it allowed him to go back to just focusing on football. And look, the Ravens have finally put together a halfway decent you know, a uh, uh, crew around him of receivers. I mean, Lamar has been playing with a lot of guys that either aren't on teams anymore, or if they are, they're buried on the depth chart. So it was good to see them go and draft a Zay Flowers, go and get a Odell Beckham. Nelson Aguilar has been great for this offense this year. Isaiah Likely, who they drafted 
uh, last year in the draft has been excellent for them while Mark Andrews has been out. So his supporting cast has been great. And I think Lamar's uh, trust in those guys has gone up as well because now he doesn't feel like he has to be Superman on every single play. No doubt. Uh, just another minute or two with Cordell Woodland here previewing the AFC championship game from the Baltimore side of things. Uh, what scares you? Well, Mahomes, he's terrifying. Uh, but yeah. on, on a deeper level, uh, Baltimore has been so good. They've been so dominant. But if you're trying to pick apart where the Chiefs can attack offensively or defensively, what are the areas where like if Kansas City pulls the upset, it will be because X, Y and Z? Yeah, I think it I think it starts with the run game. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is a stud for them. I mean, he he runs, you know, he's probably What's your the, favorite Isaiah Pacheco meme description of how he runs? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's funny. I I heard him on his press conference. Uh, I guess this was from one day this week and he he actually mentioned a funny one where he said he saw one that said uh he runs like he eats people or he bites yes. people. Like yes. what? Who thinks of that? First of all. And I Hilarious. never, that, that never came to mind. Watching to which he responded. Was, I'm not a vampire. That's messed up. Right. Right. Like, as he said it, I'm like, I could see why people would say that, you know, <laughs> uh, but the dude runs like he hates the ground. I mean, yes. you talk about high knees, this dude, uh, you usually see people when they go through the high knee drill, kind of, you know, just ease their way through it. They're barely picking their legs up. This dude, when he's out running, there. oh my God, he's he's about to hit himself in the chin when he's running out there. So uh, the, the, the as great as this Ravens defense is, and they're the best defense in football, um, triple crown winner this year, they have an issue with stopping the run at times. And it's not just, you know, when teams are going to casually run the ball, it's when teams are willing to commit to the run. I'm talking 25, 30 plus carries a game. And when you run like Isaiah Pacheco, it does wear defenses down. Now I will say this Ravens defense is about as physical of a defense as you're going to find in the NFL. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Kyle Hamilton. I mean, they live to tackle guys like Isaiah Pacheco. So I'm curious to see how that matchup goes, because I think if Isaiah Pacheco and Roquan Smith meet up head on head, you know, it, the stadium might shake, honestly, with those two dudes. So if there is a pathway for the Chiefs, I think their ability to run the football could end up um, being a huge success for them. No Joe Tooney in this game is obviously going to be a huge blow for them because the Ravens interior defensive line led by Justin Matabike um, is tremendous. And and I think the interior of that offensive line was the strength for the Chiefs, but without Joe Tooney, that, that's a huge blow. Uh, if people want more from you on this game, what's the best place to find it? Yeah, you can follow me on social media at Cordell Woodland. You can catch my show, Shaking It Up Sports, on 105.7 The Fan on weeknights. Uh, you can check me out either in the ready, on the radio or if you download the Odyssey app, you can hear me on there. I also do an Odyssey podcast with my co-host Rita Hubbard, the Win and Drive podcast. You can download that anywhere you get podcasts from. Beautiful. Excellent stuff, Cordell. Always great to have you on the show. Uh, obviously, the Ravens win. We'll have to have you back. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. If, if they win, are you headed out to Vegas? I will be. So I'm, I'm silently rooting. I'm silently yeah. rooting for them. Oh, you're, you can loudly root for yourself. I think that is perfectly allowable. All right. Well, right. Uh, if that happens, uh, we're taking the show out there. So we'll see you out in Vegas. Nice. Nice. I'll definitely see you. All right, that is Cordell Woodland with us, everybody, here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, we will continue to preview uh, this game, and we will also get into the NFC Championship game. Anthony and I will pick it. Hopefully, we'll pick it correctly. 
Will we see be seeing Cordell in Las Vegas? That is really the question we are asking. The answer, next. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980 as well. Uh, I just had a horrible realization uh, as I was getting ready to, to set us up uh, for this here segment. Um, wow, this is... This is sure something, Anthony. This is going to make people very upset. It's a sad truth. But are you ready for this? You don't look ready. Your headphones are just going to be okay. I tried to buy you a lot as much time as I could there. Come on, get your headphones on. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? I've been ready. I've been waiting for you to get ready. Yes, I'm ready. Anthony, there are only three NFL football games left in this season. Oh, you're just now realizing that? Yeah. Like, you don't really do the math. I did. like, there was four last weekend. And now there's three left in total. We got two this weekend and a Super Bowl. That's if you good stare math. at your fingers more, the math isn't going to change. Yeah, that's, that's good math. Very quick math, too. Yeah, there's four games last weekend. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And now there's three left in the entire season. We had more games last weekend than we got left until... September of next year. Gracious. And we already know these next eight months are just going to be so long. I mean, there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about. I mean, there will be stuff to talk about, but, you know, football rules everything. I thought money ruled everything. Well, money does. Cash cash ruled everything around me. Ooh, okay. That's a bar. That's a a Wu-Tang bar right there. Yeah, it is. If you know, you know. Yes. Um, no. In the sports world, the NFL does. But, like, they'll be great. One, I mean, it still will, honestly. Like, let's be very real. You said there's eight months until the season starts. We're going to spend four of them talking about dudes that aren't going to play a snap until uh, September and never have before at the pro level. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about the draft quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Open the show with it. If you missed it, good conversation. First half hour today. Very, very good. Including a hit, uh, a visit from the rooster. Very good visit from the rooster, uh, which you can check out now on the Hoffman Show podcast feed. But there are just three games remaining, Anthony, which means there are just three chances for you to pick the correct team uh, instead of me. That's not enough games for you to make up the gap, but that's okay. How did we do last week? And then let's let's preview uh, one of these two games, and then we'll preview the other one next. Uh, I went 4-0. You went 3-1. Oh, that's right, because I let you keep the Chiefs, even though you were just fading me, and I immediately had regret when I said Bills. I think you might have jinxed the Bills, to be honest. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think jinxes of the Buffalo Bills have literally existed since before I was alive. Okay, that's fair. That too. Or maybe it is me. What year did the Bills lose their first Super Bowl? Uh, Hold on. Buffalo Bills Super Bowls. No way, Craig. Was oh that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sad. You were born in ninety. Uh, I was born in ninety. They lost in ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, and ninety four. Yep. So it's not like it's not like I if it had been the nineteen ninety Super Bowl, like the eighty nine season, I would feel responsible because well actually no, I would have been born. Oh God, I was born weeks after the nineteen ninety Super Bowl. So the 90 season ending in 91. Damn, 
Sorry, at, Buffalo. You're, yeah, you're at fault, Craig. Yep. Mm. Oh no, it was it was nineteen. It, it's the ninety. I hate the way they do this. Yeah, four consecutive Super Bowls between nineteen ninety and ninety three. So. It was it was me. Yes. Glad we got to the bottom of that. But we now know. Sorry, Buffalo. Don't tell don't tell Mike Shope. No. Don't tell our friends up in Buffalo that have been having me on their shows and welcoming me into their radio universes for years. Let's instead talk about you want you want to go NFC and then circle back to the AFC or you want to you want to start with the AFC game? So, so. When I was uh, when I found out that the Ravens and Chiefs were playing at three o'clock, I was very upset, Craig, because that's the game everybody wants to see. Apparently, last week the Ravens and uh, who do they play? Texans. The Texans game was like the most watched ESPN game like ever, and I'm yeah, like, but everybody's gonna play. watch the Chiefs Ravens next week. Why are they at three? PM, they should be the because late the game. Lions are like America's sweethearts. I think everybody wants to watch the Lions and 49ers. So you think that we game are, is bigger than the Raven Chiefs? I think we have true one A one B. I genuinely think that we are in a tremendous spot. The other reason that you do it that way is local time. You get a three PM kickoff for both because Baltimore uh, yeah. three o'clock. It'd be kind of weird. I guess it could work, but like you do. I mean, no, actually, no, you can't. You don't have an option. You can't kick off. You can't kick off a NF, the NFC Championship game at noon local. Yeah, at twelve. That would be insane. <laughs> so you can't. You can't. Well, I wonder what would happen if they had both games. On, like, what would happen if it was? I mean, the worst situation would be if the Chargers and the Rams were both supposed to host because they share a stadium. Yeah, they better hope that never happens. The Jets and Giants, same thing. But like, what happens if it's if it's uh, the Raiders and the and the Niners, right? Where it's it's two West Coast teams. You just kick one off at noon, or you push it back to four o'clock and seven o'clock. Or somebody plays on Saturday and somebody plays that Sunday. I guess so. Uh, you probably have to do that if it was the LA situation. Yeah. Um. That's great. I never thought about that. Um, but sure I'm not gonna lie, I think the the Chiefs Ravens game is. It's more exciting just because if you want to be the man, you got to go off there and beat the man. Josh Allen hasn't been able to do it, but guess what? It's Lamar's chance, baby. <laughs> Count me in. Oh no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled for both of these, and I think that's great. That's a great like we always used to ask uh, during the season on Friday for the Commanders, like what are the stakes? And I think that's the stakes for Baltimore. You want to be the man. You've looked like the man, the men, the team, all season long. Now you got a chance to beat the reigning champs. You got a chance to go out there and be like, we're about that business. We can beat Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. Something that only Joe Burrow and Tom Brady have done. Do I have that right? Yep. And Tom Brady should have done it twice. But, you know, uh, who was offside? D Ford and what? No, that's that's part of the reason why. No, it was D Ford and it was why he's done it twice. Yeah. Because he did it once in the Super Bowl with Tampa. Yeah. And he did it once oh, in yeah. New England. Yeah, they did with win. where when yeah, and if D Ford hadn't been lined up offsides, that game is over and Mahomes might have three rings right now instead of two. Mm-hmm. And Burrow would be the only guy that would have beat him in the AFC. Yeah. Dang, I mean, well that's hey, is that really true? Has Cincinnati beat him twice? Cincinnati in the playoffs? 
Because this is this is his sixth straight AFC championship game. Yeah, but he's only lost to the Patriots and he's lost to the the Bengals once. Okay, yeah, no, that's right. Then four yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah. So three Super Bowls. Three. Three. He has a chance to go to the fourth. Have they not lost twice? No, they've only lost once. You're right. You're right. And that that math actually works because this is the sixth. I was told there would be no math. So. Uh, I, I do agree with Cordell, uh, Cordell Woodland, who joined us earlier in the hour, that the biggest way the Chiefs keep this close and ultimately win is with the run game. They've got to establish it. This game has to become a shorter game, short, like high number of possessions, Ravens favored. Because for as tl- explosive as the Chiefs can be, that's not really who they are anymore. Like they're not the Tyreek Hill, Mecole Hardman, we got a track team Chiefs. They're a power football team, and they have guys like Rashi Rice who can score from anywhere. Um, obviously, if Kadarius Tony's out there or, or Hardman, like these guys can do it, but that's not the featured part of their offense anymore. It's Kelsey over the middle. It's Bell. It's uh, uh, we got uh, Noah Gray, Noah the Gray. other tight end. Yep. Um, it's those guys over the middle. It's Rice, heavy dose on the outside, and then it's these running backs. And I am – you know, Joe Tooney, their guard, all all everything guard missing is a big deal for them. But I think if you're Kansas City, you have to come out and try to play some smash mouth. Um, actually, I, I might come out and try to dot short, quick passing game, loosen them up a little bit, and then hit them with the, the ground game. But I, you have to be ready to stay committed to your game plan. And I think the Chiefs have been able to do that in part because they trust their defense. That Chiefs defense can't play like it did against uh buffalo last week they've got to be much much stingier and it's really hard um because lamar's insane and this offense is tremendous um but that's that's the plan for the chiefs is you play a a, an extend the drive like long drive don't be afraid to play a little bit of field position type of game and then you better keep everything in front of you including lamar as a scrambler and and ton of zone defense, and, and that's how you, you try to scheme it up. I think also what KC did uh, well last week against the Bills, they actually caught the football. Uh, MVS had a couple of great catches. He did. Um, and I was like, whoa, he actually caught that? So it's more so those guys got to, you know, show up and play. Like, I think Mahomes is going to do Mahomes. Like, he's going to put these guys in position to, you know, go out there and make the plays that he needs them to make in these high-stakes situations. And then you got to come through for him. Um, but I definitely do think uh, the run game will be will be huge. Also, my home scrambling will be huge. Uh, I think always the, is in the playoffs. That's a great point. The the Ravens have uh, they they they've led the league in sacks this year, so I th- I think Mahomes is gonna have a, a little bit of a tall task. But you know if he can get, if he can get out of the pocket and you know create on his um with his legs. I think that also will be beneficial for those guys. Chiefs are banged up. I mean, Legarius Sneed has a calf injury. He was limited on Wednesday. He's fine, but questionable. Pacheco, a little banged up, toe and ankle. Mm-hmm. Tony, with the hip injury that's kept him out the last couple of weeks, uh, has a hip. Uh, it has the hip. Uh, he's questionable. Willie Gay and Mike Edwards uh, are questionable. Edwards coming out of concussion protocol, so like he's been very limited in practice, even if he does play. So it's you know Sky Moore's been on injured reserve. So it, it's against a Ravens team that's super duper healthy and getting healthier. Like Mark Andrews back, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be a tall task. Ultimately, Anthony, can the Chiefs pull the upset? Can Patty Mahomes go to a fourth Super Bowl in six years? 
I'm rocking with my MVP favorite. I'm going with Lamar and the Ravens. And again, um, I think Cordell said it perfectly. Like this is one of the most complete teams we'll see. I think um, in a while. Like offensively, they're great. Uh, last week against the Texans, they had multiple drives where they had double-digit play drives, um, and that's tough to do in the NFL. Like repeat, you know, nickel and dime over and over again, and they managed to do that. Um, and then defensively, we already know what they bring. They led the league in sacks. They led the league in uh, in points and uh, and takeaways as well. So. I think it's going to be really tough to uh, go out there and be the Ravens in the bank. I'm going with the Ravens. I agree. I I almost I say I agree in part because I genuinely don't want to have to like pick against the Chiefs out loud. I it's so like, hard to bet against uh, the guys. Don't tell Patrick Mahomes. Like betting against Mahomes feels impossibly stupid. Man, he is that good. He is that good. But so were they. They being the Ravens. Now, the Bills were playing that well, and we thought they might have been good enough, but that little bit not there. Um, I also do wonder, though, can can the Chiefs make the Ravens beat them through the air? They are much more capable of doing that than in years past. Lamar has been very, very good as a thrower this year. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see about where it goes from there. But uh, I would rather Lamar beat me with his arm and just be like, shake your hand, kid. Nice job. Uh, by the way, congrats on another MVP versus uh, he's running the ball. They're running the ball. Lots of play action balance. Like game flow becomes very important. I guess is the shortest way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, it's the Hoffman show on the team. 980 always live on the free odyssey app. Anthony, I got to adjust the settings on my laptop here in, in the commercial break. Do you have the new iOS on your MacBook, the new operating system? Uh, that I don't know. So the new operating system uh, does a thing that if you give a thumbs up, it like puts a thumbs up on your screen. Oh, I've seen that on my phone. Yeah, it does it on your phone too. See, there it is. It just did it on my screen. Yeah, like, I see it now. What? What is that? I don't. I don't. Well, I'm in the middle of a radio show. It won't do it for you. You can't make it show up over here. But like for me, oh. I do the thumbs up. I, and like at sometimes I don't know. Now I can't get it to do it. It's I got to adjust the settings. It's very annoying. Yeah. So if you're on YouTube, enjoy a random thumbs up in the middle of your day. And, and if you're on the radio, uh, enjoy what's trending. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. You can stream us live on YouTube at the Team 980 as well as uh, many of you are right now. Uh, let's get to the NFC championship game. We're both on Baltimore for the AFC game, Anthony lions and 49ers. Uh, the 49ers are a behemoth, especially when Debo Samuel plays. It looks like he is good to go. He is going to play. Um, that was my Super Bowl pick before the season. I would absolutely love to see the lions pull the upset. Like, honestly, I can say this, uh, truthfully, Anthony, I am happy with whatever matchup we get in the Super Bowl. I am. I know it's going to be great ball. I know that all four teams deserve to be here. I can find reasons that I want all these teams to win. I'll, get, I'll even run it down for you real quick. One, I thoroughly enjoy watching greatness be great. If Mahomes pulls this off, like, I've been on the Mahomes is the best dude I've ever seen play the position thing for a while. I just... I know that it's going to take time to build the resume to, to truly get him GOAT status over considering what Brady did uh, during his career. 
that's fine. But if he does this, like he's on, he's somehow ahead of track. Like he is, what the hell, man, if he pulls this off. Um, Baltimore, they've been the best team all year. I enjoy greatness being great. It'd be great for Lamar to get this. I will say Baltimore Ravens fans will be absolutely insufferable, as any fan base who wins uh, is. And I fully expect Commanders fans to be insufferable in the absolute best way if if eventually Washington can pull it off. But Ravens fans will be particularly insufferable. And the Lamar narrative of the people who will be mad that uh, Lamar should a team should have traded for Lamar, even though no team could have ever traded for Lamar, it would, would just get out of control. Uh, so that would be annoying, but I would, I would be very happy for Lamar and, and that crew and um, OBJ and, and they just do it the right way. And I like seeing teams that do it the right way rewarded. Um, the Niners, like I want Kyle to get one. I think he's the best coach in the sport. I think he deserves to have a ring. I'd be really excited for them. Um, and also uh, it'd be kind of a fun fact that Adam Peters would get a fourth ring on his way out. I think he would, he would get the ring. Um, and then last but not least, uh, if not last but most, do I need to explain why it'd be awesome if the Detroit Lions won? Dan Campbell out there biting knees. Like, come on, man. He's the best. Speak about doing it the right way. Let's go, Lions. Um, unfortunately, I think the 49ers are going to win. I just think at home, like, I will say this the Lions aren't scared. Lions, Lions will not, this moment will not be, I would be stunned. If the moment is too big for them, Campbell has them ready. They have a bunch of tough dudes who believe in it. Goff has been there before. I think that matters. Um, you got just a very, very good group of coordinators, good position coaches. Like these dudes are going to be ready. I just think what San Francisco does is really hard to, to play and at home, Purdy wants to bounce back after last week. I think that San Francisco wins like 27-24 kind of game. Like it's going to look to me probably a lot like the Kansas City Buffalo game last week. Uh I to be honest, I think a lot of people are rooting for the Lions as well. Um and quite frankly, I don't understand the Brock Purdy hate. I I've never really understood I don't it. Um, I think people are just mad because there's like a lot of people that don't want Kyle to be as good as he is. And they uh -huh. just refuse to accept reality that he may have found a, a late round gem that he is put in a position to succeed. And that, by the way, that guy was probably way underdrafted that yep. that guy's actually good at it. Yeah. I mean, my thing is like people are saying he's overrated and he's a, he's the last pick of the NFL draft. Like he's just going out there and doing his job. Like his job is to yeah. get the best players on his team, the ball and people can't accept that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've just seen so many people rooting for the Lions. And like you said, they're, you know, uh, this pool like Cinderella to an extent. Um, but I just think too much experience over there with the, the 49ers. Also, when they're fully healthy as a unit and you don't have to just depend on Christian McCaffrey, you can actually lean on Debo to, you know, go out there and uh, make some plays. Uh, I think the 49ers are just too much. I hope Debo plays the entire game. Um, if he doesn't, I think it could get a little scary for the 49ers. Last week, you know, leaning on Christian McCaffrey, it got a little spooky. You know, Jawan Jennings, he had a couple of uh, big catches down the stretch. But without Debo and all the eyes on Christian McCaffrey, I don't think there's enough just there. 
I don't disagree. Um, I think that Debo, like if Debo or McCaffrey or I, like Ayuk to a lesser extent, Kittle, like yeah. they, when they have all their pieces, they're the only team that competes with the Ravens. Yeah. Um, week in, week out. Um, obviously the Chiefs could beat them. You know, I think either of these two teams could beat them on any given Sunday on a Super Bowl. That's the nature of, of football. But week in, week out, like San Francisco, I know what happened when they played head to head. That was one game. <laughs> but, I also think that wasn't Debo was Debo got knocked out of that game. Yeah, Debo wasn't in it. Yeah, so like when their whole their pieces complement each other so well that they're a juggernaut. So keeping those guys out there is essential, and we'll see if like the weather and like all these other factors. But yep. at the end of the day, like offensively, they're great at running it. They're great at throwing it. Um, their screen game's excellent. Like, they do everything. And defensively, they're fanta- fantastic at all three levels. What more could you want? And the Lions aren't far behind. Um, but I do think the San Francisco has a little bit more. Uh, they're at home. And we'll see. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll who, talk about who, it. Who you got? On Monday. I got San Francisco. Okay, just making sure you know how to write it down. Yeah, write, write that down. You sure you, don't go, you sure you don't want to go with the Lions? Yeah. I mean, Are I, you sure? I, I want to. Okay. But I'm not. Okay. Coming up next. <laughs> uh, Anthony, what, are we, what's, what, what order do we want to do this final hour? Because we got, we got all kinds of stuff that we're, we're looking at. Uh, I was thinking we maybe talk about the head coaching carousel and then pivot to basketball. That works for me. Or um, we go with the Wizards. It, it's up to you. But No, let's, let's do that. I think that's a great call. So we have uh, six of the eight jobs filled many of them this week we haven't had a chance to talk about them so we'll talk about the nfl's coaching carousel and then we'll get into the wizards and you'll hear from new interim coach brian keith coming up at 6 15 it's the hoffman show on the team 980 and always live on the free odyssey app